Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. You know those moments when you realize that you're not totally in control of the situation you're in? A relationship isn't where you thought it would be, and there's only so much you can do because it takes two to make it right. Or a job is wearing on you more than you thought it would, but you can't change the circumstances. It's in those moments that we may face a tough reality. We can't always control how things go. Yet, we hear that God can, and He wants to bring His kingdom into full reality in our lives. But what does that look like, and how does it start? One theologian put it this way, Before we can pray, Lord, Thy kingdom come, we must be willing to pray, My kingdom go. We'll explore what this looks like in our lives today, and more in our current series, Thy Kingdom Come. Let's continue the upward journey. All right, good to be back with you again for the second part of our series called Thy Kingdom Come, and we're talking about us as citizens of the kingdom of God. Did you know today you are a citizen of God's kingdom? High and above, it's good that you're a citizen of the United States or whatever country you're from right now, and it's good to be proud of your citizenship, but I want you to understand our highest citizenship is in the kingdom of God. We've been called by Jesus. We've actually been born into this kingdom, and as citizens of this kingdom, we have a responsibility to manifest the authority and the power of that kingdom on this earth where we live. We're citizens of a kingdom. I want to congratulate you and say how proud I am of you as Upper Christian Fellowship of not being a church of people who just want to come fill a building up. Our goal is not to fill this building up, although it is filling up all the time. We've got parking problems, seating problems, all kinds of problems, but they're good problems to have. We're excited about those problems, but we don't exist to fill this building up. We exist to fill Henderson County up with the presence of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here, to fill this community up with Him. This community doesn't need Upward. This community doesn't need Andy Craver. This community needs Jesus Christ needs to know Him, needs to be filled with Him. There are problems in this community that can only be solved by Jesus Christ. So our goal is to fill this community with the very presence of Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you for being the people that you are. Because of your generosity and your kingdom-mindedness, we were able a couple of weeks ago to partner with some other folks to purchase a bus for a pastor in the Ukraine. There have been several pastors who've died in the Ukraine, and we have a pastor over there. I think he pastors three or four different churches, and he needed a bus to go from city to city, and you guys helped buy that bus so that that pastor can go around the Ukraine spreading the good news of Jesus Christ and caring for people. Kingdom-minded. Just last week, I can go on, just last week we sent a truckload of supplies and money down to uh, Charlotte, down to some of our dear friends in Charlotte. Uh, They've had so much damage down there, and you guys are reaching out down there right now. I'm so excited about that. I love it. Here comes a shameless plug for Serve Day, so get ready. This Saturday, we're going to leave this building and get out in the community. We're going to 10 different locations in Henderson County, and we're loving people for Jesus Christ. We're going to be spreading mulch. We're going to be painting walls. We're going to be cleaning, deep cleaning places, all kinds of good things. Last Serve Day, I got to go over to one of our facilities that helps people that are struggling with mental health problems, and I got to vacuum. By the way, I'm great at vacuuming. I'm great at vacuuming. If you want to invite me over to your house, uh, no, I won't do that. But uh, serve day is so much fun. I just want to say thank you for being the kind of church that is kingdom-minded. 
uh, certain people that I see, they tend to, and this was true in Jesus' life as well, they tend to just want to follow Jesus so that he can make their life better. And I want you to understand, following Jesus will make your life better in all kinds, million kinds of ways. But you're not content just to be a comfortable Christian sitting in a church on Sunday and going home the same way you came and just making it through your week and just coming to church. You want to impact your community with the kingdom of God. The good news is Jesus wants that as well. When the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray, He gave them a model prayer that they were to follow. It was not to be a recitation every day, but it was a template for their prayer lives and our prayer lives. And one of the things he said we are to be praying daily is found in Matthew 6.10. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to be praying for the kingdom of God to come on earth and for God's will to be done down here, just like it is in heaven. We're to manifest heaven on this earth. That's good news. Jesus wants us to be about that. He wants us to do that. Now, last week we talked about this verse. We talked about how we must break break every agreement with the kingdom of darkness. We must break every agreement with Satan. We're not going to speak anything over our lives that the devil would agree with. We're going to say, nope. It is written. Apparently y'all didn't get that last week. We're going to say, nope, it is written. When the devil's word comes to our mind or starts to come out of our mouth, we're going to say, nope, and nope is much better than no. Nope, dismiss him altogether because he's worthy of that, just to be dismissed. Nope, it is written. Here's what God says. By the way, my wife had to use that on me this week. Do not encourage her. There ought to be something in the Bible about not being able to use someone's last sermon against them that very week. (laughs) Truthfully, I needed to say, nope, it is written. Then secondly, we learned we're above, we're not under. Do you understand that? We're not under. We're not victims of the storm. We're over the storm in Jesus. I was in a Chick-fil-A this week, and a precious lady came up to me. And she said, Pastor, we were at church last Sunday. She said, I brought a friend of mine who's been battling cancer. And she said, she, we heard that message and we realized that we're not beneath cancer, that we're over it in Jesus' authority. And we're not victims of it. And we've actually started speaking to it. And I was able to pray with her right there in Chick-fil-A. You know, you get extra credit for praying in Chick-fil-A, by the way. You pray in Chick-fil-A, that's double points, Right. but it's a joy to start seeing people realize they're not under this thing they're over this thing in Jesus name today we're going to talk about how to set your mind on things that are above how to set your mind on things that are above not on things on this earth you can get so caught up in what's going on down here that you miss what God's doing you and I can get so overwhelmed by the problems that present themselves to us on this earth, that we completely lose sight of a great God who's active in the middle of our storms and who is actually producing something in and through our storms to raise us up to a higher level. In every storm you're in, God is doing something. But if you've got your mind set on earthly things, you will miss what God is doing and just be overwhelmed with earthly problems. 
I mentioned to you earlier, you're citizens of a different kingdom. You're citizens of a higher kingdom. That's why it's so hard to live down here as a Christian. We're foreigners. Have you ever been in a foreign nation that was really different from you? My wife and I visited a few beautiful places. One of the places we loved so much, we went to London. And we were walking around London, and we, we wanted something to eat. And I thought, you're in London. you got to go to a pub and have fish and chips. So we found a pub a guy recommended, and I said, we're going to go in and have some fish and chips, do the British thing. We walked in. I didn't know how it worked. See, here in the South, somebody comes up to you saying, how many are there, honey? I got two, and you sit down, they come. I didn't know what to do in a pub, so we sat down and nobody came to the table. And apparently in this one, maybe all of them, you got to go up to the bar and order your food, and then they bring it to you. So I went up to the bar, and I asked the guy, what, how does this work here? Well, if you talk like me in London, you're going to get some looks. And the guy was very amused at my accent. Everywhere we went, we knew we weren't from there because they did things differently from the way we do them, like driving on the left-hand side of the road. That's why it's so hard to live down here because you're a foreigner down here. You are not at home. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been away on a trip somewhere really strange and all of a sudden you come home and you realize you're perfectly at home, and you're like, oh. Raise your hand if you've ever experienced that. You're wrong. I set you up. I set you up. You haven't been home yet. You haven't been home yet, friends. Can I tell you something beautiful? One day, you're going to see Jesus. And you're going to be at home. And you're going to walk. People always say this. I'm going to get to heaven and I'm going to ask Jesus some questions. No, you won't. You're going to figure it all out in about half a second. Because you're going to walk in and say, oh, it all makes sense now. You're going to be so overwhelmed by the power and the goodness of heaven, my friends, that you're going to forget a lot of the pain and suffering you went through on this earth. They'll just leave you because you're at home. And you will think, whatever I had to go through to get me here, I'm home. I'm home. And I understand. See, friends, we've got to get a heavenly mindset if we're going to have a kingdom impact. I want you to get this. And I, I've tried to say this right. This is my third time preaching this message so I've practiced twice. Maybe I'll get it this time. If you see yourself as a citizen of the earth, you will look at heaven with an earthly perspective. But if you see yourself as a citizen of heaven, you will look at earth with a heavenly perspective. You will begin to see the things around you with God's perspective on it, not your earthly perspective of it. See, it's getting better. Three times you get it finally. If we're going to be kingdom Christians and kingdom impact, 
We've got to get our brain in line with heavenly realities so that we, when we see things on this earth, we interpret them through heavenly realities, not through our earthly fear, our earthly pain, our earthly lack of faith, but we see the heavenly realities that we can bring to bear on this earth. Now you say, Pastor, what are these heavenly realities? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, my friend, because Colossians 1, Colossians 3, verses 1 through 3, tell us. Colossians 3, 1 says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, here's the realities, just get them while we go through verse 1. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are Where Christ is. Where is Christ? You are what? Raised with Christ. Who is? And what is Christ doing? Seated. Where? At the right hand of God. Those are four heavenly realities right there that need to influence your thinking and give you perspective on everything that happens down here. Number one, Jesus Christ is above everything. He is above your storm. He's above your pain. He's above your depression. He's above your sickness. He's above, uh, above your relationship struggle. He's above your political party. He's above your president. He's above Joe Biden and Donald Trump. He's above them all. He's above everything. You'll never face anything that he's not above. You'll never face anything that he doesn't already have the high ground over. He's already won it. He's above everything. Where Christ is, above. That's why we're above and not beneath. Jesus is also, second reality, he's in authority over everything. It says he's seated at the right hand of God. That's a special position of authority. Whoever's seated at the right hand of God carries the power and authority and majesty of God with him. Jesus can speak to things and change them. I mean, Jesus is in a boat with the disciples, right? They're out rowing and a storm comes. God never said you wouldn't have a storm just because Jesus is in your boat. Because when you get Jesus into your boat, you're going to row into some storms. And the enemy's going to throw some storms at you. The good news is Jesus is in the boat. The bad news is he takes naps. That's the bad news right there. Sometimes in your storm, you're tempted to think Jesus is asleep. Because you look over there and you see him doing nothing. Come on now. It's exactly what the disciples saw. They're in a storm. They're about to die here. And they look over there and Jesus is, I started to say snoring, but I don't know if Jesus snores. I don't know, but uh, he doesn't. He's perfect, right? He can't snore. All right. Um, He's there asleep. We know that. And they're like, come on, Jesus. You ever prayed that kind of prayer? Come on, Jesus. Do you not even notice what's going on here? You're in this boat with us. You should know. We got a problem here and you're asleep. Somebody told me this once. They said Jesus could speak to it because he could sleep through it. And if you can sleep through it, you can speak to it. So I am so glad there's somebody on my boat that can sleep through my storms because when he wakes up, he will speak to my storms and cause them to cease. Jesus came out. When he got up, he went over to the edge of the boat and he said, Peace, be still. And the wind and the waves stopped. 
And it says this of the disciples in a way it doesn't say anywhere else. They'd seen him raise the dead. They'd seen him open blind eyes. They'd seen him heal lepers. They'd seen him feed 5,000 people with just a few scraps. But when they saw him speak to the storm and it stopped, they sat down and said, Whoa, what kind of person is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Can I tell you something? That kind of person is in the boat with you this morning. If you are a believer, Jesus is in your life. And that person is sailing in your boat. That's the kind of man he is that he can speak to the wind and the waves and the storm of your life. Why? He's in authority over everything. So Jesus is above everything. Jesus is in authority over things. This is the other thing it says about Jesus. What's his position? He is what? I just read it. I finally sat on this stool. He's above. You're right, Amy. But I'm driving. He's seated. You know what that means? He's finished the work. He's won the battle already. Jesus is not fighting the battle right now. He's won it. And he's giving you the power and authority to enforce the victory he's already won. Are you with me? That's a whole different ballgame. If you think the outcome could still yet be determined, you're going to be in trouble. But when you know that it's settled, you can face the reality of an ongoing battle knowing that ultimate victory is already won. You just got to stand fast and it'll happen. Any Wolfpack fans here? How many NC State fans are in the building? Can I see your hand? Am I the only one? <laughs> there were like five of us today. We got to get some state fans in this place. One new family are Wolfpack fans, and I just welcomed them, said, we need you here at Upward. Last time we won a national championship was 19, basketball was 1983. I was a kid then, and oh, I was a rabid NC State fan. And I'm going to tell you, they called them the cardiac pack. You know why? All, they, weren't, they lost 10 games that year. They weren't supposed to win the national championship. And every game they won, just about every game in the tournament and in the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament, they won it last second like on buzzer beaters. They barely eked out a victory. They got to the championship game and pay, played Houston, known as Five Slamma Jamma, one of the best college basketball teams that's ever been. And, and the newspaper said, State's going to get killed. And I remember that night in April of 1983. I watched that game, and they won it on a last-second dunk by Lorenzo Charles. They won it by a point at the buzzer and became national champions. One of the great moments of my childhood, for real. I loved it. Just a few months ago, I found that whole game. Somebody's uploaded that game on YouTube, and I thought, I'm going to sit down and watch this again. And I watched, and they did really good the first half. Second half, they got in trouble, and Houston got up by about nine points. I didn't worry at all. I didn't sweat a bit. They got down to the last 45 seconds of the game. Now, I remember watching it live. Live, they got down to the last 45 seconds of the game, and they tried their best to throw the ball away. They throwing cross-court passes. They didn't know what to do. Houston pressed, and they were throwing passes everywhere. And I'm like, oh, yes, we won. That's how it felt. This time I'm like, yep, I know what's about to happen. Wittenberg's about to throw up a prayer. Lorenzo Charles is going to catch it and dunk it, and we win. I already know the outcome of the heavenly battle and the earthly battle that Jesus fought. 
I may be walking through it today and seeing the tape play, but my victory's already been won. I don't have to sweat. He's already done it. He accomplished it. Done. Your victory's done. Your healing's paid for. Your breakthrough has been bought by Jesus. Your job's to stand firm and be faithful and watch Him bring that victory into your current reality. Amen? Jesus is above. Jesus is in authority. Jesus has finished His work. The last one's really good. We are seated with Jesus. We are seated with Him in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, and might, and dominion. Again, what we said last week, you are above, you are not beneath. What do we do with all this? Here's what we've got to do. We've got to let these four heavenly realities shape the way we view the earth. We must fix our minds. Verse 2, Paul says, set your mind on things that are above. He could have said easily, set your mind on verse 1. Not on things of the earth. Simply means we choose to focus our mind on heavenly realities rather than earthly problems. Set my mind. Have you ever awakened in the morning with a burden on your heart? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever just opened your eyes feeling depressed? Can I see your hands? Let's see your hands. Because everybody, hold them up there for a second. Hold them up high. You woke up feeling depressed. Now I want you to look around the room. Keep your hands up and look around the room, please, just for a second. You thought you were all alone. Look around this room. This room is full of people who've experienced that as well. I woke up feeling depressed. Alexa and I were making some, we are making some big life decisions, and none of them involve us leaving here. You're stuck with us forever till Jesus comes back. But uh, none of them involves that. Um, but there's some big decisions we're making that will influence the rest of our lives in a very good way, we believe. But it's kind of situations and decisions where all the puzzle pieces have to fit together. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This piece has to fit with that one and the other, and it's all got to work out. And I woke up thinking about one of the puzzle pieces that I don't have any idea how God's going to work that out. And it hit me in the stomach. It just felt like a brick was sitting on my stomach. Anybody ever felt that way? It's like, ugh. And I couldn't sleep, and it's 4.30 in the morning, and I woke up worried. So I got up, and I did the right thing. I don't always do the right thing, but I did the right thing this day. I put on some worship music. I went out in the living room, put on some worship music, got my Bible open, and I started talking to God. And luckily, I already had this message written down, and I thought, this might be a good time to live it before I even get up and preach it. This could work. This could be good. And I just started saying, God, what are you doing here? I was real busy seeing what the enemy was trying to do. Because in my natural mind, I tend to see obstacles instead of opportunities. Looks like I'm the only one. Anybody else? Tend to see obstacles instead of opportunities. And I just stopped looking at what the devil was doing and said, God, what are you doing? And I began to pray and my spirit began to be lifted. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. I don't think I have a red phone to heaven or anything, but, and I didn't hear an audible voice, but I heard it in my heart. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart in that moment of worship and said, Son, I'm providing for you right now in ways that you can't even see. So you rest in what I'm doing, and you leave all that to me, and I'll work it out. And you know what? I had the most blessed day after that because I let heaven come in. I know Christians whose minds are enslaved to the news every day. Their victory depends on what the news tell them. 
Folks, if you let your mind be focused on the political theater that's going on in our world today, you're not going to make a kingdom impact. Now, I believe in being aware. I believe in voting. People say, boy, in our world today, information's going everywhere. Well, misinformation's also going everywhere, too. If we allow our minds to get caught up in the political culture of the day, we're not going to have a kingdom impact. You didn't say amen quite as much as I would like. Are you with me? If you get up in the morning and flip on the news, you're setting yourself up to fail. Because you're going to hear something you like or something you don't like. And if your victory is dependent on that, you're not going to have any. You're not going to be a kingdom impact Christian if your mind is filled with whatever the Kardashians are doing. Now, Jesus loves them as much as he loves us. You with me? Not knocking them. But I'm saying we've got a whole celebrity culture in our country today that just fills our minds so much. And you can't be effective for the kingdom if you're living in other people's drama. Some people today are more stirred up about what Harry and Meghan are going to do than what Jesus is about to do. Have I made everybody equally mad today? I, don't... I notice even in the sports world, it's more about the drama around it than it is the game sometimes. Because people apparently will pay money to participate in drama. I'm just saying, and God's saying more importantly, set your affections and your mind and your thought on something higher not on lowly things that won't help you make a kingdom impact. Get up in the morning and say, Jesus is above. Jesus is in authority. Jesus has finished his work, and I'm seated with him. And I'm going to walk through this day as a person who's seated with the one that's above in authority and finished. Amen? Amen. It will shape the rest of your day. It will change your life. Now, Paul gives us the last idea for the day, and I'm going to quit. In verse 3, Chapter 3, verse 3, he said, You have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You have died. When you come to Jesus, you die to this earth. And you come alive to heaven. So Paul is thinking and saying, Why are you focusing your mind on things you've already died to? Focus your mind on things you now are alive to. I'm dead to this world, and I'm alive in Jesus Christ. But Paul said this, your life is hidden with Christ in God. What does that mean? What he's saying is true life, real life, cannot be found in the things we can see with our eyes physically. Real life cannot be found in a car, in a house, in a vacation, in a relationship, in a bank account. Your real life is hidden right in Jesus Christ. When you set your mind on these heavenly realities, you'll start seeing things you couldn't see before. You'll have kingdom eyes. You'll see a situation, and you'll see what God's up to. Jesus put it this way. One of the things Jesus said, he said, I'll only do what I see the Father doing. Don't forget that. Now, I'm going to tell you, I haven't said that to any other group but y'all. Because it came out. It's yours. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Meaning, here's what this verse ties into that. If you're focused on what's happening down here, you'll miss what the Father is doing. 
and you'll miss your assignment in the moment because God was doing something in that place that he wanted you to participate in. But if your mind is so caught up in the world's problems and not heavenly realities, you'll miss it. But if you will focus your mind on heaven's realities, you'll see what the Father is doing and you get to be a part of it. Oh, and that's awesome. When you're a part of what God's doing. It's beautiful. You'll walk in a situation, you'll be in a restaurant, and you'll see somebody over here, and God will have you pray for that person. The Holy Spirit will give you a word of knowledge and say they're going through a divorce and pray for them. He may have you go up to them and pray for them. He may have you pray silently, but you'll be a part of what God is doing. Sometimes I'll walk through a store. When I've got my mind on heaven, I'll walk through a store and somebody will walk by me and God will just reveal in my heart what they're going through. And I say, Jesus, be with them right now. I don't always stop and tell them because this is not about a show. It's about being faithful to what the Father's doing. But life is hidden in Christ. But you've got to set your mind on Christ to see the hidden things. Here's the deal. The devil's agenda will jump up and chase you down. You don't have to look for it. The devil's plan for your life will come after you. Jesus' agenda, you got to focus yourself and find it. Say, why is it that way? I don't understand why God put the most precious metals on earth down in the rocks where we got to dig them up, but he did. Some of those precious insights for the kingdom have to be dug for by people who focus their minds on him. Amen. Amen. Set your affections on things above. For you died to this earth, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I had a dream some years ago, and I want to share it with you. It wasn't a dream when I was asleep. It's a dream I had for Henderson County. I love law enforcement, military, and first responders. Absolutely, we love them as a church. And we support them wholeheartedly in what they do. We pray for them. And support them wholeheartedly. I've been a chaplain with the Henderson County Sheriff's Department for a long time now. And some of my precious brothers and sisters that serve there love them so much. We've seen them serve. We've seen one of them die not long ago. And we see them give their lives on a regular basis. We love them. One of my dreams for Upward that we were going to do is we were going to provide a room for them, a safe room for them to stop when they were on duty. It was going to be in our new building out here. And we had it designed in there too to where they could punch a code in and come in and we were going to have coffee and drinks and food and everything else there. We're on their shift 24-7. Any of them could come and take a break and do paperwork and have some good food and a safe place. And I dreamed about that. Another church across town was doing it and I thought we need to have one over here. We're going to have that. It's going to be so wonderful. So we drew it in our plans. Right about that time, another church started doing it in our area now you know the right answer but at that moment I got petty come on just admit it you're petty once in a while too don't leave me up here by myself you people I confess stuff and y'all like oh wow oh my god wow can't believe our preacher would be that way I know y'all I've been here 25 years you as bad as I am so stop it in that moment, I got petty. I really thought, that was my idea. I had that idea before that church even started. I did. We got it in our plans. And then I had 
This is the devil. I thought, we'll just make ours better. A confession. My bro- I guarantee you that pastor's going to see this at some point. I'm going to tell you, God won't let me get away with stuff like that very long. I can't do what I do and act that way. God's got me on a short leash. And he reeled me in and said, whoa here, big boy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop it. He said, uh, the Spirit said to my heart, you did because you were focused on heaven. You got in touch with one of my dreams and my plans for Henderson County. And it was a dream. Now your job is to rejoice because the dream came to pass. Not try to take personal ownership over it. God used that to shape me and shape this church in our heart. He really did. And you know what we did? We took it out of our plans. Because we're not going to compete with anything another church is doing. We're going to support them. And a few, uh, maybe a year ago, the pastor's a dear friend of mine, and we have absolutely zero competition. That's one of the things in Henderson County. We are not competing with any other church for anything. We will help. We'll send people there. If you don't like Upward and this ain't the place for you, I'll help you get to the church in Henderson County where you belong and rejoice when you go. So we decided right then, take it out of our plans. And instead of us having to own it, and God just said that to me. He said, I'm going to let you see dreams I have for the community that will never be in your building or on your property. I'll just call you to support it. And if your heart's right, you'll rejoice when the dream comes to pass, not just the dreams you get to steward. God had to work on this old pastor's heart. I went to that room, and it is incredible. I won't tell you where it's at. For It's just for law enforcement. You don't get to go in there. They have incredible refreshments and food, and it's a wonderful, safe place. And they have uh, hundreds of law enforcement and first responders go in there. And uh, I went through it. I said, this is so incredible. I found out how much it costs to run it, and it's amazing how much it costs to run it. I came back to our board. They said, yep, we're in. So every month we're sending money to help. We don't do it. We just help. Now we're a partner in it. I just say that not to say, whoa, we're so good. I say it to say, oh, we're so human and God keeps loving us and working with us. But you see what I was doing? I was seeing everything from an earthly competitive perspective. And I was not seeing God is doing something here. And we can help it. Even if we don't own it. Because the truth is, we don't own anything down here anyway. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Put your focus on heaven and everything else will follow behind. Heaven's perspective. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you so much and thank you for the day and the opportunity we have to serve you and love you together. Thank you for this beautiful group of people. And I ask you in Jesus' name, shift our perspective heavenward. If you're here today, heads bowed and eyes closed, and you just say, yep, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm giving up. I'm letting Jesus take over. I'm saying yes to Jesus as the Lord of my life. I'm giving up my battle, my struggle. I'm going to let Jesus have all this. I'm saying yes to Him. Can I see your hand right now? Nobody's going to embarrass you. Can I see your hand? Raise it up high. God bless you. Thank you so much there. Thank you so much there. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Anybody? Did you know in this service last week, in this service last week, seven people received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? That's just incredible. 
How many would say this? Pastor, I need, I need a shift in my thinking to stop seeing things from earth and see from heaven. Can I see your hands right now? Amen. 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 New days ahead for you. New seasons ahead for you. Would you stand to your feet right now? We're going to pray for those who are saying yes to Christ, whether here or online. So glad to have our online audience with us today. If you're saying yes to Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer. And the church is going to help us pray. Lord Jesus, I come to you empty. I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Fill me with your presence. From this day forward, I belong to you. 100%. I bring nothing to the table. I bring no strength. I bring no righteousness. I'm an empty vessel. I will be what you make me to be. I'll live for you in this earth by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Do you rejoice at people saying yes to Jesus? It's been so good today. So good today. I want to say thank you to my friends Russ and Beverly Stalby, wonderful pastors, co-laborers in the Lord. Great to have y'all. We're honored y'all are here today. Love you. Give them a hand. Appreciate them so much. And uh, thanks to Hannah, our sign language interpreter. She's doing an awesome job. That ministry is going to grow, and we're going to see many people that need interpretation be part of our church here, and we love that so much, so much. You ready to be blessed today? I want to speak a blessing over your life. Just lift your hands if you want to receive. You want this one, let me tell you. You want them all, but you want this one. I speak over you the word of wisdom by the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gift called the word of wisdom. And I just speak over you specifically in your careers, in the work that you do outside the home, what God's called you to do in a career. I just speak over you wisdom to solve difficult problems problems that have been plaguing maybe your industry for a long time, God's going to give you a creative and incredibly wise solution. People are going to think you're a genius, and it came from the Holy Spirit. I just want to call forth inventions from the people of God. God's spoken by His Spirit and brought inventions that serve mankind. And I speak over you the wisdom and ability to invent new things that will bless humanity and serve the kingdom of God in a mighty way. Whatever you're in, a farmer, a builder, software engineer, a doctor, an attorney, whatever career you're in, may God's divine wisdom be all over your life in the word of wisdom in Jesus' name. Now I commission you, go out of this place in the power of the Holy Spirit. Make Jesus known in your community. Amen. You're sent. Go to your work. Love you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.